0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rowan and the Wasteland, where we discuss a film and honor its place amongst its peers. Joining me, as always, is my co-host. He's got five on it. It's Mr. Shane Canto.
1: I'll double down. I got ten on it. I don't even know (laughs) what that means. (laughs) And um,
0: joining us for this very special 70th episode of Rowan and the Wasteland, she's an American. It's Haley Johnston, ladies and gentlemen.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So happy to be here.
0: Of course. Uh so whenever we uh whenever we have our, our, our special uh episodes, we do um usually uh defer to our guest when we're picking a movie. So Haley, this week, what did we watch for the show?
2: We watched Jordan Peele's Us.
0: Yeah, we did. <laughs> Thank
2: you for doing that. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, of course. I, I love this movie. And actually, I, I hadn't seen it since the theaters, uh, which I, I I guess I'm getting into the question of what is your history with this movie? So Shane, what is your history uh, with, with
1: us? I saw us in theaters and then proceeded to have a 25-minute argument with one of my best friends, Matt, in the parking lot afterwards <laughs> with our friend Joe as a spectator. Uh, It actually got kind of heated. Matt was not a fan. I was a big fan, and we didn't see eye-to-eye on
0: this. Yeah. Um, And Haley, what about you?
2: I'm glad to hear I'm in good company, because I literally had pretty much the same experience. And I'm not going to be dramatic and say that the person is my ex because (laughs) of this disagreement, but honestly, (laughs) it was a bad sign. Um, I saw it in the theater, was totally moved, blown away by it. And then... I I just have been thinking about it a lot ever since. And it's helped that people often like they just they poo-poo on it. They're like, oh, this wasn't a good movie. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, <laughs> let's discuss like what do you think the movie was about? Like what it what did it mean to you? And um, so even though I haven't watched it a bunch of times, I've thought about it like quite a bit.
0: Mm, yeah. I feel like a lot of the more negative discourse about this movie stems from the fact that it's just not Get Out, which is, I feel like, an impossible standard. And um, it, it's an incredibly difficult thing to follow up your first feature, which is one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best psychological horror movies of all time, mm. um, but with 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 another movie that's that gets even more out there, I suppose um and jordan peel i i feel like we can all agree is just a phenomenal filmmaker i i think he's a phenomenal actor i think he has so much talent he actually went to my college for a few years and studied puppetry before dropping out um so that's 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 that is one of our claim to fame um such an
1: important
2: alum
0: exactly uh, but yeah so i have been a fan of his ever since his, his Key and Peele, uh days. And so I wasn't allowed to see get out when it came out in theaters. That is how young I am. Um, but I did see us. I did convince my dad to, uh, to take me to us. Um, and I feel like watching it this time around, I had a deeper and better um, appreciation of it, which I always love when I come back to movies that I watched a few years ago. And us was just on the cusp of, um, I feel like, you know, we all changed during COVID to some extent. Um, but but I I was I went into senior year of high school during COVID. And that's like the formative t- time of my life. And so I feel like I, I, I came out of the pandemic an entirely different person. And us was on the other side of that. And so the person that I was then watching it, you know, getting into sort of the themes of the movie, the person that I was then watching it is different from the person I am now. And so it's very interesting, I think, how I responded to it then versus now.
1: Yeah, I feel like the biggest arguments I hear from people are plot holes. I'm like, how'd they get all the jumpsuits? If you're worrying about where they got the jumpsuits in a movie about, like, clones and stuff like this, it's like, you might be focusing on the wrong things. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, this film, one, it's hilarious. Like, there's so many moments where I just laugh so hard i don't think i've ever laughed so hard at an alexa mishearing somebody in my entire life (laughs) and the i just love the performances lupita nguongo is right up there with uh oh my gosh oh she was in a horror film let's not acknowledge her um at the like award circuits because like she was amazing in this also, I became such a humongous Winston Duke fan between <laughs> him being Umbaku and him being the daddiest dad <laughs> ever in this movie. And yeah. just crawl daddy. Just the whole thing. And it's terrifying. It also gets around that. A big disappointment of like a great song being in a trailer and having no traces in the movie yes. and then how they embed it into the score just works so well Yeah, and this is like Edgar Wright level details mm-hmm. put in a script because there's so many tiny things that you can pick up on rewatching this movie mm-hmm. even from just you know Lupita Nwanga trying to snap and keep in tune, and not
2: mm-hmm. they don't
1: acknowledge that she's not, mm-hmm. but she definitely is not in tune. Yeah. And would, that means so much in the grand scheme of the movie, too. And it's also really disturbing like, there's some really freaky, uncomfortable, unnerving moments in this movie.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, like- so
2: true. And I feel like the the soundtrack alone like I'm a big soundtrack person I'm very easily moved by music and this you know the soundtrack is both eerie but like this the underlying song is catchy and it's one of those things that like I cannot hear that song anymore without (laughs) being like transported into this like alternate world and you know I think that that's like if nothing else, that is always a very impressive, effective thing to do because there are just songs that we all immediately like feel a certain way about it because of the movies that they've, you know, the movie co-ops it and then it becomes inextricably connected to that movie. But um, I also agree that, I mean, I don't like to tell people like, oh, you have to watch it a couple times because that's like, okay, well, if you don't want to, I get the people who are like, I want to get in and understand it and get out. But I also think you have to be able, like, if you if you want to give a movie a fair shot, you need to at least think about it after. Like, mm-hmm. don't just say, I don't get it. And so I don't, it's whatever. Like, I, I was thinking about this a lot leading up to this episode. And um, it's kind of like contemporary art in a lot of ways. You've got the people who, like, want to go to the museum and, like, see the thing and then leave and if it doesn't mean something to them at that exact second and if they can't immediately just like understand everything all at once then it's not good art and if I don't know if you guys have ever gone to modern art museums or especially like very contemporary art museums a lot of it is very experiential and it's super weird you know like you have to kind of be in it and let it happen to you and then you have to think about it later and you might not ever fully understand (laughs) what's going on um but for me like this movie was a great example of something that like it happened to me and I had initial like feelings about it but then in pondering it later and in getting to talk about it later I'm like there is just like so much here and that's even better than like I mean I loved Get Out of course but I think that I didn't have to think about that one as much as I had to think about us.
1: Yeah, like this film hits on so many different layers and it goes bigger than Get Out. Like it's, this is actually one of the things I was arguing with my friend Matt about was he wished that it stayed just a home invasion film and just kept it small like that but i thought this was such a strange out there crazy idea mm-hmm. of this big scale like uh classism class warfare type of film and it like it's uncomfortable to take a step back and think about this film's really about what would your be what would your life be without the privileges that you do have in your life And it's just like you're the same person, but you're put in a much worse situation. And just oh, that the like the croaky voice that Lupita Nyong'o's one character has talking about, like, look, you had this beautiful, (laughs) beautiful existence, and then like I had to like get handled by a brute, and they had to had to cut my own child out of me. I'm just like, this is this is pretty messed up. And, like, those kids are terrifying. The girl with, like, the... <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. I wish you
1: all could see me um, staring <laughs> unblinkingly <Everyone
2: knows. laughs>
1: at the screen. And it's so interesting. And even the opening shot of the movie has a whole bunch of things going on in it mm-hmm. that you would never expect to come back, but they do. And... Just even like some of the smaller supporting roles, like Elizabeth Moss, who doesn't have that big a role, but she's so great in it, Um, especially like her doppelganger at Mm -hmm. one point. And this film leads up to such an interesting reveal that I remember sitting in the theater. I didn't see that coming. Oh my gosh, how could you? (laughs) But then you watch it, and there's so many interesting. Layers and to your point, Haley, a great film you shouldn't have to watch multiple times, but a great film gets better
2: mm-hmm.
1: when you keep watching it and watching mm-hmm. it again and getting more layers to it. And you know, I just love Jordan Peele, his brand of I'm gonna make my own Twilight Zone movies and just keep going with them. Like, he could keep making all of them and I'll be there. With his little creepy monkey paw just <laughs> yes. spin his tea.
2: That's actually yeah. the the idea of like the Twilight Zone is a good comparison because I also think that people like I get it. Yeah, it's weird. The jumpsuit thing is weird. Like, how did they get those? How did they get the scissors? Whatever. But no one was questioning, like, in get out, the fact that this person like came up with a way to like do something completely impossible and pull it off and also live in like this weird antiquey like lifestyle it's just you just take that for granted because that's that's the plot and that is what gets you to the much larger questions about like I mean for me us obviously it's definitely about classism stuff but there's also Mm -hmm. to me like bits about the soul like what. That's really what was so touching to me about the whole thing is when people are like, why did they line up? Like, I even get that, like, okay, it's because of the thing at the beginning, but, like, why would they do that? Mm -hmm. It's because the only person who was down there who actually had, like, a soul, like, a a real, like, who was born as the, like, quote-unquote original, that was something she brought with her, you know, and, like, wanted to, and they followed it. Like, they all just followed the one who had that spark. And even after she was gone, they didn't know what else to do but what they had set out to do. And I think that's, like, so... I You know, the whole thing is very powerful. And like you said, Jane, the the more you go through and watch the movie, the more there are these little things that reinforce all these, like, extremely deep you know, topics that you have to grapple with and apparently argue with people about. <laughs>
0: yeah. It, it it just goes to show really how much care is put in, like how much care Jordan Peele specifically puts into his stories and how much the performers and really everyone involved cares about it too. The production design, the prop design, everything I, about this movie, I think is absolutely flawless. If something's imperfect, it is intentional. Um, and it's, I don't know. I remember being super scared uh, at 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 a lot of points in this movie when I saw it in theaters just because you're not expecting so many of the things that happen. Like when Elizabeth Moss and her family when they're arguing about leaving in the morning and then the doppelgangers just come and just kill them like instantly just out of nowhere. Air. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It's 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 nothing short of just terrifying, especially because it's playing on that basic fear of like not only what are you going to do if someone is in your house and wants to kill you, but what if it's you? What if you are in, like, what if you are trying, whatever you get it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, it, it, it just plays on those, um on those visceral and very basic fears of what would you do in this scenario? and, it just so happens that the family we're following has a very specific and unique connection to what is happening. Uh, and, and 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 that's where the story comes from, um, of course. But I, I just think it's so fascinating um, how much care and effort is put into every single aspect of this production, which is something I can admire on all three of Jordan Peele's movies. Yeah. But since we're talking about us specifically, which is very precise in a lot of different ways, um, I think it's particularly uh, applicable.
2: That was very well planned
0: thank you <laughs> um so shane before we move on to our lists i do have to ask um where does us rank in uh in the overall pantheon of the now 70 movies that we've watched uh for rowan in the wasteland
1: so this was a film that i absolutely loved going in and it's definitely pretty high on my list it's my number 12 Cool. right below Shaun of the dead and right above <laughs> right above red shoes
0: interesting it is my number nine so pretty oh. close uh it is above a. we've matter been of coming life back and- together the last exactly yeah 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 um it's above uh a matter of life and death and below the world's end so so sort of sort of similarly sandwiched um uh, above a uh, a 1940s movie and below a Cornetto trilogy movie, um, but uh, anyway, we do have three categories to talk about today, as we always. Uh, sorry, we have two categories today, seeing as we have a guest. Um, and uh, the categories we are going to talk about are movies where actors play more than one character, and you can interpret this however you like. In 2019, hidden gems, uh, which is I, I I love it when we do the hidden gems categories because we always all of our lists are always so different. Um, but anyway, let's start off with uh, with movies with dual casting. Um, before we before we jump into the, uh, this list, um, how did everyone characterize this category? Because for me, it could either mean um, char- like movies where actors play multiple of the same character or it could also mean multiple. Like like very different characters just played by the same actor. Um, Both count for me. I didn't include. um, I'm. Avengers Endgame is not on my list, even though that would technically fall into my. um, I didn't think about that. That's interesting because it's also like that. I usually tend to incorporate different parts of the category as well. And Avengers Endgame, the fact that it's the it's different actors playing the same character is not central. It's not as central to the plot as it is for a lot of my other picks. Uh, I also didn't include us because we've, we've talked about it a lot today. That would be near the top, I think, but anyway, That's fair. yeah. Um, Shane, how did you, did you have any specific parameters for this category?
1: I just, had, I didn't even think about them playing the same character. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even really think about that. So all of mine, they are literally playing different characters. One's mm-hmm. funny because <laughs> I know the backstory to it, but I'll mention that when nice. I actually read them.
0: Cool. And uh, Haley, what about you?
2: Um, I'm glad you asked about this because I was going to have disclaimers throughout my whole list because <laughs> this was a hard prompt. Um, <laughs> I... I ended up going about it in all kinds of ways. Uh mainly because I'm not quite as well versed in the wide, wide world of movies as the two of you, but also because <laughs> I I thought, well, you know, I I could see it a lot of different ways. And the liberal arts person in me says, let's just <laughs> let's just work with that then. <laughs> so we'll see if uh if I cheated. I hope I didn't.
0: <laughs> cool. Sounds good. Well, cheating on this show. I I would say both of us frequently bend the rules. Uh so there is there's no need to Excellent. apologize. We're all gonna um, live in the yeah, grave. We make the rules. Exactly. So. We can make them and we can break them. <laughs> um Haley, let's uh let us start off with you. What are your what are your top five going in um order from five to one?
2: Okay, so do I do all of them at once? Yes. Okay. All right. So the my number five is a movie that I so like I'm I'm kind of iffy on the movie but I love the book. Um it is Cloud Atlas.
1: Mm-hmm. Um uh-huh.
2: based on the book by I think it's David Mitchell is the author. Uh, so it's funny because in reading the book like I felt a certain way about it but then um the the movie I guess really tries to draw this very heavy-handed connection where like the the characters in each section are meant to sort of be the same person like spiritually reincarnated but they do that by having them be played by the same actors. And so if you end up <laughs> right and so it's odd. Um and I I'm very much like the typical bookworm type who's like some things you just shouldn't you just shouldn't <laughs> And so I put this on here because I do think it's a very, like, classic example of what we're talking about. And I would rep that book any day of the week because it's a little pretentious, but honestly, I love it. And I think it's worth reading. Um, But that's my number five. My number four is not a classic movie insofar as you can only find it on YouTube, but it is a movie-length production. um, and, And it is called Holy Musical Batman
0: uh i don't know if either of
2: you have ever heard of this i, Shane, have I just this
0: to you? i just watched this over well okay not just no this was in this was in january um but it it feels like i just watched it because my partner davis both in podcasting and in life who's sitting right over there uh love star kid and showed me holy musical batman uh we are we're we're, we're we're going to watch more soon um oh my but yeah God. isn't
2: yeah. it amazing it
0: is it is pretty good it's it's the template for the lego batman movie <laughs>
2: Oh, I did not realize yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, so like there's a classic <laughs> example of like <laughs> they only have so many people, right? And so they <laughs> And I love that. Like this is a for for like the number of people and the amount of resources they had, they really worked with it. And you've got people who are playing like four or five <laughs> different characters and you recognize them, but they've like in one they've got a mustache and in another they're like, you know, a different costume. But they uh so this is like a, a theater production that you can watch on YouTube for free. It's broken up into parts. Um, if you like some just good old corny, fun humor, I mean, I'm not even a huge superhero person, but I just love it and I love showing it to people. So I also thought that was an example um, <laughs> more by necessity than anything else, but it's a great a great thing that people should check out. Uh, number three is where I also kind of bend the rules a little bit because the first thing that came to my mind since I don't I really couldn't think of tons of movies where people were playing different parts was voice acting and so I said space jam
1: because nice. most people
2: probably know that um the Looney Tunes is like a lot of that is just a cast of these insanely amazing voice actors who have like eight different looney tunes on their resume right like they are like five different people and so and i just think that's amazing and i have a lot of respect for voice actors so space jam is a fun movie i i think technically they are independent characters but for the purposes of this prompt i thought i'd throw it out there because voice actors are awesome and i have it's pretty a similar
1: insane. pick oh thank, goodness. So... thank goodness. <laughs> um,
2: amazing. Uh, and then number two is th- this movie called Coherence I'm not sure if either of you have seen it it's uh it was a weird one that I kind of saw in passing um a very it's a mind bender. It's actually really good and I would recommend watching it um I feel like it I have to kind of give away a little bit of it in order to explain but in essence these, Like, this is one of those movies that does a whole lot with a little. Um, The basic plot is there's, like, a group of friends get together to hang out. And suddenly, some people start, like, leaving the house because weird things are going on. And then coming back, and it becomes clear that they have sort of bumped into one or a series of parallel universes. (laughs) And they are not all the friends that they started with um and then it kind of just spins out from there so that's like truly each of them are only played by the same person and they are meant to be themselves but it's like are you from universe number one two three
0: um, that sounds right up my alley. I've added it to my watch list.
2: Please I'm do. I'm adding
0: I, it to my watch list. Maybe, it could, maybe it could pop up on the show in the future. Who knows? There you
2: go. <laughs> Let me know what you think. I yeah. mean, it's it's very effective. I think it's really good. And then finally, number one, if for no other reason than because I'm in love with Hugh Jackman, <laughs> I have the prestige. Very nice. Um, <laughs> so. I mean that one goes without saying it's that's the big twist, but I yeah. would argue that the um you know the other siblings are both played by the same actor. I, I was thinking maybe maybe Shane has thoughts on that. But anyway, so that's my list and I appreciate you giving me that little thought experiment.
0: <laughs> of course. <laughs> the the prestige just missed my list. I did revise it slightly before starting and the
1: prestige unfortunately
0: had to be bumped off but
2: well that's good then yeah. we're, we're getting some other options
0: exactly
1: exactly well nice segue into my list because my number 5 is <laughs> 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 I was all I was going to say is if you watch the movie you'll get what we mean because mm-hmm. Um, there's some very unexpected dual performances in this movie, and also watching Hugh Jackman with like prosthetics to make him look uglier (laughs) and then acting like an asshole is a lot of fun. Um, my number four is Mary Poppins because Dick Van Dyke plays the really, really, really old banker guy on top of playing Bert. Um, and only one of them has a horrifically bad accent. Uh, but Mary Poppins is so much fun. The one that I was alluding to, Haley, is Muppets Christmas Carol. Uh-huh. all the Muppets are voiced by how many people?
2: So oh, like,
1: I had know. to put a Muppets thing on here. Because, you know, Frank Oz is there playing multiple characters. And just all the Muppets are so much fun. What I was alluding to earlier is my number two, which is There Will Be Blood. Because instead of getting a second actor to play the brother who appears in one scene, they're just like, let's just make them twins. Hey, (laughs) Dano, play this other character. Which, it was so confusing to me, because when I watched it for the first time, I didn't even realize there were different characters.
0: Did you know, Shane, that they were originally, he was only cast as the character in the beginning? And then they they liked him so much that yes. they just cast him as Eli Sunday too. <laughs> I'm just
1: like, I legitimately the first time I watched it, I'm like, he's acting really weird after he told them to come and then show up, and then it, when I looked it up later, I'm like, oh wait a minute, they were two different brothers because there's an argument later. I'm like, oh, I get it now. Um, And then my number one is The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. And it's because John Rhys-Davies, who plays Gimli, is also Treebeard. And I love them both. So... That is a great I I didn't put Return of the King because Treebeard's only in that one for, like, three minutes. So Two Towers is my number one then.
0: Yeah, that is very fair. Um, My list is very eclectic and quite different which i am very excited Amazing. about uh my number 5 is back to the future part 3 um because uh the in the the first and second movie character a- actors play characters at different ages yeah. but in part 3 specifically michael j fox uh leah thompson uh and um and uh, oh God! What's his name? And Tom ben. Wilson. Yeah, they all get to play old West versions of their family members, which I think are like like not only is that great casting, they all do a fantastic job, but it also is hilarious that um, genetically the uh, the McFly family and the Baynes family were were somewhat related back in the day as well. Uh, so oh. so so it seemed like destiny uh, for those families to come together again. Um, Number four is There Will Be Blood, um, as Shane mentioned. Uh Paul Dano is a just an absolute beast in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh number three is the unbearable weight of massive talent, uh, because Nicolas Cage not only plays a fictional version of himself, <laughs> but he plays a more fictional version of himself uh in his own head. Uh I am very sad that they cut the uh the um uh the strange dream sequence inspired by uh, the cabinet of Doctor Caligari. I feel like that would have been a, a wonderful addition to the movie. Uh, how could I know, you cut that? How how could you cut it? They did leave them making out in it, though. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, which which if 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 you're going to give us one of those two things, I'm, I'm I'm glad it was that one. Wait, are you uh, saying
2: Nicolas Cage makes out with himself?
0: He yes. sure does. I'm
2: not watching this
0: movie. <laughs> <laughs> um. Number two is Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, uh, one of my all-time favorite movies. And Kristen Wiig turns in two incredible, very, very different uh, performances. Uh, And number one is Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, There had to be a multiverse movie on here somewhere. Uh, and I think yeah. everyone does a great job playing the very distinctive versions of all of their characters uh here um especially um Stephanie Shu and yeah. James Hong I think also does such a great job playing two um different very very kooky in their own way versions uh, of the grandfather. Um, that
2: is such a good I totally forgot <laughs> about that but that is an amazing choice thank you. <laughs> Oh, such um, a great movie we, we should talk about that one someday
0: yes we should we should um next up our final category today is 2019 hidden gems so movies that may not be uh at the forefront of public consciousness that came out in 2019 but we wanted to shout them out because we love them in their own way um shane how about you start off this category
1: sure um uh, my number five is the biggest little farm Uh, I don't think I've ever cared more about a farm in my whole entire life than watching (laughs) this documentary about this family and their farm. Um, It was such a big, like, feel-good hit, too, when it came out. I'm just like, this is just about a farm. I got so invested. Um, (laughs) Number four, I Lost My Body. What a weird, weird animated film from France. I guess... I think it came out on Netflix in 2020, but, you know, international release dates is always a fun time. But, like, this is as weird as it sounds based off of the title, but <laughs> it's on such an interesting level. Uh, number three is Loose. Uh, Kelton Harrison Jr. is Born to be a Star, and it's such an interesting look at, like, a white family adopting a young black man and, like, that kind of environment growing up in and his very uncomfortable conflict that he has with his teacher, Octavia Spencer's character in it. Uh, number two is Manos. This is a, I think it's South American film about, like, these group of, like, like, young teenage like soldiers and stuff like that and this came out of nowhere i just heard a little bit of buzz around then i checked it out back and i think when it came out on vod back in 2019 and it hits and number one is waves i did not expect to feel and get emotionally devastated so much going into an early access screening at an amc before but boy (laughs) does this movie hit on a very very deep level this has incredible performances i will warn you um it has some very triggering things that happen in it and also it feels like it's basically like two completely different movies (laughs) um but how it all pulls together thematically and emotionally really hits
0: very nice this one's been uh recommended to me several times so i'll definitely have, have to check it out at some point yeah. point. and uh haley you are our guest so you will go last today okay. um so uh i will count down my 2019 hidden gems um not that it's in any particular order um uh, but number five is dark waters uh the Um, environmental thriller starring Mark Ruffalo. Uh, Mm -hmm. I watched this in environmental science class in, uh, in senior year of high school. uh, And I was kind of blown away because it's, it not only um, helps you understand everything uh, that is happening, um, but also just does it in such a, such a compelling way, uh, which you don't get a lot from these movies that are, that have a very particular goal in trying to educate you uh, about the matter. Uh, number four is Benny Loves You, uh, which is a movie made for uh, by one guy. Essentially, uh, he directed, wrote, edited, did all the visual effects for it, uh, acted in it. So much so that it took him like five years to do the entire thing. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. It is about a guy who's uh, who's little. Um, stuffed animal, uh, comes to life and will not let anyone get close to him, and just is murdering everyone that tries to be in this guy's life, uh, and <laughs> it is crazy and just incredibly cool. Uh, how it all came together. Watching the behind the scenes for this movie is is very very um, impressive. Um, number three is the kid who would be king. Uh, which I believe was directed uh by um by Joe Wright, who just has such a a a, a a colorful no sorry it's joe cornish not joe Wright i get the two confused frequently um but uh but joe cornish uh who did attack the block um so he has a he has a less inconsistent filmography uh than joe Wright um but still i i i, I think this is a really interesting adaptation of the king arthur story and mm-hmm. one that is like pretty family friendly uh in addition to being like a solid action movie um rebecca ferguson is in it she plays morgan lefay uh patrick stewart plays merlin uh and it has a great cast uh, of kids as well who clearly um like hanging out in uh with each other in real life too or at least they're great at acting like it uh because that can make or break a movie when you have a, a a central cast of all young actors um Number two is Greener Grass, which we've talked about on this show before. Um, so if you want to hear more of our discussion on that movie, you should check out that episode that I, that we did with uh, with Davis. Uh, and number one is Long Shot, uh, starring uh, Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen um, as... Oh boy, I'm I'm trying to remember the specifics of this movie. I believe Charlize Theron is like the Secretary of State or something. I think and so. And Seth Rogen is a is, is a guy who she used to babysit for and it's like a weird quirky uh rom-com uh that i loved when i saw and i haven't gone back to it and i i i, I really should because i just remember having such a great time um but yeah so those are my those are my my top five Haley, you're up
2: well i'm glad that all of you uh provided some like properly obscure things because obviously my My gems are less hidden than yours. (laughs) Um, And also uh, I'm just going to give the caveat that a lot of these can be found on streaming streaming platforms because as Shane kind of touched upon, 2019 was the year before 2020. And pre-2020, I watched fewer things than I do now. And that is just a part of so a lot of this was like oh things that were on netflix during 2020 that i watched because i literally could do nothing else with my life um thank god 2019 was such a good year for movies (laughs) um okay so my number five is the king um with timothy chalamet (laughs) uh he is a great actor i love period pieces i love movies that immerse you in like a certain time frame i'm not saying it's the best movie to ever come out about henry v or any of that but like it's a good movie and honestly i think it's worth watching like i watched it just on a whim and was like yeah this is pretty good
1: robert Um, pattinson is so french and brooding
2: oh yes well that's another thing is like there are some pretty good people in that movie like Mm -hmm. all things considered um so there's that. My number four comes uh, uh, from a movie recommendation that Shane actually gave me. I Sometimes I'll just text Shane and say, I want to watch a scary movie, but I've seen all the good ones. Like, give me something. And recently, Shane said, oh, there's this movie called The Vigil. Uh, you should check it out. And I did. And I really liked it. Like, it was, it was different. It was... Um, very creative this is a a movie about the you know the fundamentalist jewish community in new york um and a man who's kind of trying to leave i'm from like amish world pennsylvania so for me it's very like breaking amish jewish addition edi- um but like he's trying to get out of the faith but he also is asked basically to do this this task that has to be done by someone within the faith and it's like watching over a dead body. Um, And you can kind of guess how creepy that can be. (laughs) Um, And I think it's it's a subtle, it's subtle, like, especially in the beginning and it's like a, it slowly works its way up, but I thought it was really good. And at the end, I was glad it wasn't stereotypical. Didn't feel like every scary movie you ever see. Um, So if you are also wondering what scary movie am I going to watch next? Check it out. I think it's pretty good.
1: Scared the shit out of
2: me. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely got some creepy parts for yeah. sure. But um, the, the person I watched it with was like, I had nightmares. I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, um,
0: That's great. Yeah. Love it.
2: Number three is I just love Guy Ritchie. Shane knows this. And I think The Gentleman was a whole lot of fun. So if you have not, if you've kind of written off Guy Ritchie, it's not like anything can really live up to Snatch. But I think that movie was very fun um, and has a great cast, as usual. So, like, I would say that it's it's close enough to the, the pacing and the level of Snatch to be really enjoyable and worth a watch.
1: Make it sharp. Uh, Cook me with it.
2: <laughs> and also, You just,
1: just watch it for Colin Farrell. I, and like Hugh Grant Just Thank like, you. come play with me, Raymond
2: <laughs> But also uh, There's an American, everybody They have introduced an American And it is all right, all Matthew right, all right. McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> I At first I was kind of like Scandalized that they brought in An American character But then I was like, no, no, it works If, if anyone's going to pull it off, it's going to be Mr. McConaughey Um, let's see, where am I? I think I'm on number two. Okay, I cheated again. My number two is not a movie, it's a show, but I just wanted a reason to talk about this because I love this. And it did come out in 2019. This show is called Kingdom, and it is an answer to a question that nobody had, which was, if there was a zombie outbreak in medieval Korea, how would that go? And this was like a very classic COVID, like, I just need to do something with my life. And I clicked on it being like, this is going to be bad, but it may entertain me. And it was so much better than it had any right to be. I love it. It was so good. And I got really connected to the characters. I learned a lot about that society. Like, it felt like it was very, very accurate. Um, So... I know it's not a movie, but I'm just repping that show because it did come out in 2019, and otherwise I was going to say something super obvious like The Joker Parasite. Um, (laughs) And finally, my number one is also a Shane recommendation. Thank you, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, This movie is so good. and Still my number
1: one film from 2019.
2: Exactly. It deserves that spot. Um, Mm -hmm. I will describe it to anyone who has not seen it in the same way that Shane described it to me, which is, it's about this little German boy whose imaginary friend is Hitler, and (laughs) he goes through his life trying to be a good little Nazi but failing epically, and that is the plot. I mean, it's bonkers, but it's, I mean, Scarlett Johansson is in it, and she's unbelievably good. It's like, There's, there's love, there's war, there are tears, there's laughter. It's everything. It's amazing.
1: ScarJo could have have totally won two, uh, two Oscars that year. Like they both would have been deserved.
2: For sure. So yeah, Yeah. that's my list.
1: Very nice.
0: Very, very nice. Well, Haley, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this episode. We really, really appreciate it. Is there anywhere, any website, social media you'd like to send people to?
2: Um, I don't do this professionally at all, but uh, (laughs) if anyone ever wants to debate us with me, they can find me at Helita. that's my Instagram Um, and they can probably see me at least four times on Shane's other (laughs) (laughs) shows, so really I'll just let Shane uh, rep himself because he he's really given me a lot of excuses to watch
1: some good stuff. There you go
0: and Shane, what about you?
1: deep breath um you can go (laughs) to the wasteland reviewer instagram page where i shamelessly plug all the things that i do for my different podcasts including this one the wasteland vintage roadshow and the cinematic wasteland all the writing that i do for SIF pop the op-eds i do for guyatthemovies.com and literally everything that i do for scribe magazine including their podcasts but most importantly the wasteland reviewer youtube channel where i have my three weekly shows and i (laughs) review basically anything And Rowan's on a lot, and Haley's going to be popping on pretty consistently soon, too. So, boom, there it is.
0: Very nice. Uh, You can find me at Bits of Joel on. Twitter or X, if you like to uh if 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 you like to call it that. Uh Row a boat on Instagram and Letterboxed, and uh thelenientcritic.com is my website. And I also have another podcast. I mean, I have several, but uh of 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 the ones that you should check out. Uh Runtime Babe and Franchise Paradiso uh are the ones that I would most like uh to spotlight. Um but anyway, thank you all out there for listening. We really, really appreciate it. And um Haley, thank you once again for joining us. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Rowan and the Wasteland.